This is Cashflow Ninja, episode 276, with Peter Yug. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Here is your host inside the dojo, MC Laubscher. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobsh here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today, and in today's show, we're going to look at how to buy and store your gold and other precious metals. I'm joined today by Peter Yug. Peter Yug is the Director of Global Trade for Kitco Metals. Peter has been involved in the precious metals industry since 1974. He speaks to thousands of viewers each week on Kitco News, drawing on years of frontline experience to provide a trader's perspective on the market. Peter contributes daily commentary and market insights for the millions of readers visiting kitco.com each month. A frequent speaker at precious metals conferences and in the financial media, Peter is one of a handful of experts who have succeeded through multiple bull and bear cycles using skills honed during the dramatic fluctuations of the 1980s. Prior to joining Kitco, Peter served as the senior vice president at Guardian Trust Company, now part of Laurentian Bank, which became one of the largest international trading houses for precious metals. Peter developed the first precious metal certificate program and the first margin trading accounts for metals on the cash market. Please share your feedback and thoughts on today's interview. You can let me know your thoughts on Twitter by tweeting me at MCLobsher or by email at info at CashflowNinja.com. And please remember to join our mailing list by signing up at CashflowNinja.com or texting CashflowNinja to 44222. I'm publishing weekly and daily videos on YouTube. You can check out all of my videos at youtube.com forward slash cashflow ninja. Please subscribe to my channel to get updates when I post these videos. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint, followed by institutional investors. And if you are an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments, Penumbra Solutions, at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Blockchain technologies and cryptocurrencies will not only disrupt money, but every industry on the planet. These new innovations and technologies will affect every area of our lives in the future. The cryptocurrency course teaches you everything you need to know about getting started and profiting with cryptocurrencies and includes expert training from the top crypto experts in the world. You'll learn how to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrencies, how to safely store your crypto, how to become a sound investor investor, even if you're just a beginner, and how to apply blockchain technology to your business. You can watch a free crypto masterclass and grab the crypto course at cashflowninja.com forward slash 
crypto course. The wealthiest investors on the planet know how to capture their wealth and leverage it to perpetually grow it. If you're interested in learning the premier strategies of the wealthiest individuals and families on the planet, you can access your free webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. Peter, welcome to the show. Well, uh, thank you, MC. I appreciate being here. Can you please share a little bit about your background and journey with my listeners? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's sort of pretty convoluted. I uh, graduated from the University of Toronto in 1973, uh, wanting to be a teacher. And at that point in Canada, there weren't uh, many teaching uh, positions available. And uh, just by accident, I, uh, I ran into a friend of mine that was a Swiss banker that was working for a foreign exchange company at the time, the largest in the world with offices in 80 countries called Zeke Ferreira. So I actually got into the business uh, trading foreign exchange. I became the head trader for Deke Prayer for their Canadian operation, uh, doing corporate foreign exchange for the first four or five years of my uh, of my life. Uh, and then uh, I joined a company, a bank out of uh, Quebec called Guardian Trust that was opening up uh, an operation in Toronto. And not only were they a foreign exchange uh, service provider, but they were also a uh, precious metals dealer on a retail basis. So we moved the uh, precious metals business or a a portion of the metals business to the Toronto office and we started uh, offering precious metal services to the Toronto market. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be in the business when uh, the first gold rush happened in uh, 79 when gold went from uh, about $100 an ounce uh, up through uh, 850 and silver uh, went from about $4 an ounce to $50 an ounce. So I was with Guardian until 92 when they were sold uh, to uh, a French bank. And uh, then uh, I got into a really unrelated business. I became the CEO of a public company that introduced microchip identification for pets in North America. I did that for about seven years. Uh, Then I went to the Bahamas. Uh, I ran a trading desk in the Bahamas for three years. Uh, then I went to New Zealand, ran a trading desk there for two years, and in 2010, I was approached by Kitco Metals, uh, the owner of which actually was a client of mine uh, when I was working for the bank in the 80s, and Kitco had grown from uh, a small company of some seven uh, uh, people up to a, a personnel staff of 240, and he asked me if I'd be interested in running the precious metals division. So I joined Kitco in uh, February of 2010, and uh, I'm now responsible for the uh, risk management uh, of our precious metals operations for Kitco in North America and in Hong Kong, and also uh, development of uh, new precious metals products for the company. That's sort of it in a, in a nutshell. Yeah, no, we've covered uh, precious metals a little bit uh, on the show and, to- and talked about the history of money, which is a, a very big interest of mine, loving history and economics. Um, and you've seen a lot of people buying gold and silver and so forth, and especially gold. What is the main reason why people should be considering gold, especially today, right now? You know, when people ask me that question, and I can tell you I've been asked that question, MC, ever since I've been in the business in uh, in the early 70s, um, you know, what I tend to do is ask a question in return uh, before I can, uh, you know, give them a, sort of a proper answer as to where they should be looking if they are going to engage in precious metals. It, by that, I mean in which instruments. Right. And so my question always to the clients are, you know, what is the motivation of why you're buying gold? 
And, you know, when you ask that question, um, it breaks, it breaks the investor categories basically into four groups. Uh, and right now I'm specifically focusing on, on the American investors. Uh, uh, Canadians tend to be a bit more conservative and don't tend to be as, as, as heavy in the first group that I'm about to speak, uh, to speak about. But when we, when I looked at the, the psychology of, of who buys gold, uh, it, it, we delineated the groups in, into four categories. Uh, and the first category I'm, I'm, is a group of, of uh, individuals that buys precious metals and their motivation is prompted generally by fear. Um, they're influenced by analysts that suggest that the economic system is going to collapse, uh, that the U.S. government uh, may again ban gold ownership like they had prior to 1973. Uh, that you cannot trust the financial system, you cannot trust holding precious metals with a dealer and or with the exchanges, whether that be ETFs, futures, or options. Uh, and uh, mining shares are also um, uh, not a place that you want to invest. These investors believe that uh, the financial system will collapse and they're looking for small gold bars um, in anticipation of that collapse that they can use as a barter system uh, and a financial medium uh, when when the apocalypse occurs. And again, I'm not commenting on whether they're incorrect or correct, uh, but I bring that up as a significant group because it's responsible for about 20% of the physical offtake, in, especially in the U.S. market, of physical gold. The second group, which... Again, just for lack of uh, of coming up with a you know a name that ne necessarily uh, makes sense, but we call them the conservative investor, and these are investors that have been influenced by again analysts and and their own feeling that they should hold a percentage of their assets in gold. They're not as worried uh, as the first group uh, as to where they hold their assets, so they're. Uh, open to the concept of taking physical delivery of gold, but also are not that concerned about holding uh, segregated safekeeping accounts with dealers or buying ETFs or buying mining shares or buying a mutual fund. They just want an allocation of their overall portfolio into gold, uh, more as a, an insurance position or a protection against uh, financial uh, Calamities such as that, uh, such as the uh, types of issues we saw in 2008. Now, the concept of holding 10% in gold makes sense for this group of investors. Uh, what analysts have always failed to follow up uh, with this group on is that, you know, gold is not something that's magic. It, it's, you know, it's as, it's as tangible or as viable as an investment as bonds or or apple stock and in that context if it's in your portfolio it cannot be a benign investment you need to manage your portfolio in all in 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 the entire context of your portfolio so if it comes to gold and you have made a mental decision that you want to hold 10 percent of your portfolio in gold that needs to be managed and by managed i mean the following for example, in 2008, had you bought gold as a 10% position in your portfolio when gold was trading at $650 an ounce, in 2011, gold hit $1,900 an ounce. And if you had not recalibrated your portfolio, I could guarantee you that that portion of your portfolio that was now in gold was no longer 10%, but probably 18 or higher, 18, maybe 25% of your portfolio 
with the tripling of the value of gold. You need to sell that portion of gold to bring your portfolio back down to 10%. Vice versa, had you bought in 2011 at $1,925 an ounce at the top of the market, and gold in 2010 uh, ended up, uh, I'm sorry, in 2013 was down as low as 1,050. I can guarantee you that the portion of your uh, position of gold in your portfolio was no longer 10, it was probably four. At that point, you need to buy 6% more. So you're always maintaining your 10%. Again, if your motivation is insurance, and that will allow you to liquidate gold into strength and buy gold into weakness with still achieving the result of managing a 10% ratio to your portfolio. The third group um, we call the collector. And it sounds like a whimsical group, uh, but it does uh, take off significant uh, physical um, uh, supplies from the market. And these are individuals that are um, enamored with products that are sold by generally sovereign mints, could be the Royal Canadian Mint, the U.S. Mint, the British Royal Mint, Perth Mint in Australia, where the coins that come out are, are themed coins. So you might want to buy a Superman coin or a Darth Vader coin, or one of the mints may come up with a collection of World War II images of uh, fighter planes. And you think they're cool, you buy them, they come in a box with a nice certificate. They're generally terrible investments. Um, people tend to buy them because they think they're cool, they give them as gifts. Um, they're a bad way to invest in precious metals because the premiums that you pay for these products are anywhere from 50 to 150% over metal content. Um, but I bring the group up as a factor in taking physical offtake off the, uh, especially off the North American market. Uh, these products tend to be bought, put in drawers and somewhere down the road, either when the individual dies or when somebody needs money, they tend to go to coin dealers and sell these products and, uh, hopefully can at least get uh, metal content uh, for their uh, for their effort or metal content value for their effort. The fourth group are traders. And this group doesn't care whether the market goes up or down. Uh, you could have a trader at nine o'clock in the morning that's bullish, which indicates he thinks the market is going higher. And at 9.01, he could become bearish thinking the market is going to reverse and go lower. They're looking for a tight market as close to the spot market uh, for gold that is possible. They don't want to pay premiums or fabrication charges or shipping charges. Their primary motivation is capital gain. They just want to trade in and out of the market. Most of the time you will find traders participating in the futures and in the options markets where they can get leverage. And they account for about 70% of the volume of the daily volume in the precious metals markets. Whether that is the retail investor that is participating or fund managers or trading desks, uh, these are the guys that basically move the market up and down uh, from a speculative point of view. So when you ask me, should you buy gold, you first need to figure out where you fit into the category. And then from that perspective, you could get some advice as to what type of gold investments best suit your psychology. Where does silver fit in and where would you, um, what role would you give to silver uh, to play in uh, that portfolio? Uh, silver uh, has sort of been nicknamed the poor man's gold. Um, 
Silver tends to react with gold. It doesn't usually does not move on its own. It tends to follow gold, but it does tend to outperform gold. So when you have a market that is moving higher uh, in gold, uh, silver will follow and generally outperform on the upside if you're in a bull market. Uh, vice versa, when the gold uh, when when the market drops, silver will outperform on the downside. So you you get more volatility in in silver than you do in gold. At certain times, uh, again, depending on which group you belong to, if you are a trader, uh, there is a way to trade the silver market without being exposed naked. Uh, from a, a perspective of being naked on on the trade, and you could do it on a ratio basis, where you would, for example, silver has been trading on average over the last three years at a ratio of about 65 ounces of silver to an ounce of gold. Currently, it's trading at about 80 ounces of silver to an ounce of gold. So, if you're constructive on the market and you believe it's going higher, you have two options: one, silver relative gold is cheap. So you would be buying silver in the anticipation of a higher market, especially if you're a trader. If you were concerned about just being naked long the silver, you could buy silver and short gold. And then your intention is that the ratio between gold and silver narrows. So it'll go from 80 back to 65. Uh, so whether gold goes higher and silver stays where it is, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, moves higher than gold, or gold goes lower and silver stays where it is, if that ratio narrows from 80 back to 65, you'll be in the money and you'll be able to make a profit. You're listening to Peter Hugh on the Cashflow Ninja Podcast. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. This is MC Laubscher, the host of the Cashflow Ninja Podcast. As you may know, I'm also the President and Chief Wealth Strategist of Alhalla Wealth Financial. We help individuals, families, small businesses, entrepreneurs, and professionals build their wealth outside of Wall Street and help investors maximize the use of every dollar in their personal economy and boost their investment gains. We do this by combining the capital and investments with the financial vehicle of the wealthy according to the infinite banking concept. If you're interested to learn more about privatized banking and the infinite banking concept, you can access an exclusive webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. You're listening to Peter Hugh on the Cashflow Ninja podcast and now back to our interview. When we're looking to buy and purchase gold, can you explain the differences and what buyers should be considering between bars, coins, rounds, and numismatics, and then also what is junk silver? Well, junk silver is basically just U.S. minted uh, coinage that is pre-1965 uh, that has a silver content in uh, dimes, quarters, half dollars, and dollar pieces of approximately 90% silver content. The coins at uh, pre that date were made with 90% silver content. So there is a market for uh, this old coinage. And it's traded at the uh, intrinsic value of the silver. And the way dealers generally trade it uh, in bulk, they trade it in what's called $1,000 face value bags. Now, $1,000 of face value, which is $1,000 of monetary value, has the equivalent of 720 ounces of uh, silver in it. Now, depending on the uh, supply and demand of the bags, uh, there will be premiums associated with that price. So 
you would take the price of silver, let's say at 1650, you'd multiply it by 720. So for a thousand dollar face value bag, uh, that would be the silver value contained in the bag. And then dealers will charge a premium over and above that price, depending on what type of supplies are in the market. Okay, very, very interesting. What uh, now, if, if we're buying stuff, and obviously there's a markup on gold, right? And you can, can you explain a little bit more, just what are some of the best ways of purchasing it? How do you know if you're getting a fair price? And what is an acceptable spread so that you know that you're not being taken advantage of when you're purchasing uh, gold and silver? Okay. Uh, I mean, that really is, is, is just a matter of uh, price comparison. I mean, uh, most dealers list their pricing uh, for uh, various products uh, on their website. So it's a matter of just comparing pricing to see, uh, you know, who's the most competitive. Uh, the difficulty for the retail uh, client is understanding, um, again, what to buy. So let me just give you an example between two identical products from the perspective of what you are getting net, which is one ounce of gold. So if you were to buy an American Eagle, there are, there are two, basic, uh, two basic markets for American Eagle. One is the current date, which is a 2018 American Eagle. When they first come out, the U.S. Mint charges the dealers, and these are dealers that have direct access to the U.S. Mint, a premium, and they don't negotiate for high volumes, uh, whether you buy 100 coins or 10,000 coins, a dealer pays a 3% premium delivery San Francisco. So let's just assume gold is, uh, well, let's not assume gold is at $1,320. If you add 3% to that, you get roughly $37 per coin. That is dealer cost, local San Francisco. Uh, most dealers, depending where they fulfill their shipments from, will, will move that product around the country. But if we just stay at roughly $37, that's the dealer cost. Now, what the dealer then adds on top of that cost is their premium or their profit margin. That will range anywhere from $12 to $20 over the price for the coin. So you'll be paying a, a retail investor for a 2018 Eagle will pay anywhere from $50 to $60 over the gold price. So if gold is at $1,320, you'd be paying anywhere uh, from uh, $1,380 to $1,400 for that Eagle. Now, if the client does not have a need to buy a 2018 coin, but wants to buy backdated Eagles, which are exactly the same as a 2018, except the date is not 2018, it's 2017, 16, could be whatever date, you can pick these coins up considerably cheaper. These are called circulated coins that the dealers have then purchased back either from the public or from funds or from wholesale clients. These coins have exactly the same value as a 2018 coin, but because they're being purchased not from source, but in the secondary market, dealers are able to offer these coins considerably cheaper than current year dates. And just to give you an example, Kitco sells uh, 2018 Gold Eagles right now at approximately approximately $55 for a one-ounce Gold Eagle 2018. We are selling backdated Gold Eagles in perfect condition for $23.99. So there is some flexibility from the perspective of the client. But if you compare it to a one-ounce Gold Wafer, Again, you're getting one ounce of gold if you're participating in the market. 
Dealer premiums on one ounce gold wafers are about $15 over the price of gold. So at gold at $13.20, you can buy a one ounce gold bar at $13.35. So you're saving yourself almost $60 when you compare that to the Eagle. So that's where the, where the individual has to make a decision as to what they want to buy. Uh, and if they're just looking for one ounce of gold, there are many, many ways of buying that one ounce of gold much cheaper than if you're buying coins. So it really is uh, the dealer and the client interfacing with the client, uh, indicating to the dealer what they're looking for, uh, and then the dealer coming up with suggestions to meet those criteria. Peter, what are some of the base places to store your gold? Again, uh, the first group that I mentioned uh, when we started this conversation, uh, these individuals have absolutely no uh, uh, comfort level of storing their gold in um, with a dealer. They want to take delivery. So most dealers uh, offer physical delivery to your homes. And what the individual does when that gold arrives is, is uh, you know, I, I, I can't define exactly what they do. Maybe they put it under their mattress. Maybe they have a safety deposit box. Maybe they bury it in their backyard. Uh, maybe they're comfortable just leaving it in their drawer. Uh, you know, that's up to each individual investor if they want to take gold delivery at home. The other alternative is to deal with a dealer that offers what's called a segregated safekeeping account. Now, segregated safekeeping means that the metal is allocated in the client name it is off balance sheet from the dealer, so there's no credit risk with the dealer. That it gives you a number of advantages. One, you don't have to pay the, the shipping charge uh, generally if you're taking delivery of the gold. Also, from a liquidity perspective, if you're looking to sell the gold back, you don't have to worry about getting the gold back to the dealer. Uh, the dealer's already in possession of the gold or has access to the gold, so your liquidity is, is, is much improved by being able to just pick up the phone and then selling your gold if you're holding it in segregated safekeeping. And the storage fees are nominal. They range anywhere from a quarter to a half a percent per annum. Uh, so when you work out the cost of storing your gold, it's relatively inexpensive uh, given the fact uh, of the uh, the other side of the equation, uh, increasing your liquidity and your access to the market when you want to sell. Uh, Peter, what do you think, uh, what's in store for gold in 2018? What do you see happening in the market? I, I think... Uh, and then, you know, if you're looking at group two, which, which is primarily our client base, uh, where they're holding gold as, as sort of a hedge against their portfolio, uh, uh, you know, I'm not one of these guys that goes out and says gold's going to $10,000 an ounce. I, you know, I just don't believe in fear mongering. Uh, but if you look at what's going on uh, in the financial system and what potential issues could, ha uh, could, could develop, especially after the, uh, uh, the trade tariffs were announced yesterday, this is not a time you do not want to be holding a position in gold as an insurance position at a minimum. Uh, you've got the federal debt, uh, especially if the infrastructure project goes through, added on top of the tax uh, initiative that was just passed, uh, just being increased by another $2.5 trillion. You have a situation where interest rates are moving higher, which means the financing of that debt is, is probably, if the Fed goes up another 1%, which is what the anticipation is for 2018, it's going to add about $200 billion to the debt financing in the U.S. 
that to me is a recipe for a dollar uh, collapse and and uh, foreign investors staying away from dollar denominated investments. You look at the equity market, which looks like it's in a bubble. You look at the housing market, which if interest rates go up, looks like it's in a bubble. Uh, this is definitely a time you do not want to be out out of gold and have at least a portion of your assets in gold to protect you in case we have something similar to 2008 occurring. Now, uh, Peter, one habit I've observed from wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying new subjects and learning new skill sets. What are you currently studying and what skill sets are you currently learning? Well, one thing I've learned uh, in my 45 odd years in the business, uh, where investors generally lose money is they refuse to take a loss. Um, and you find that in, in the psyche of traders as well. You, you find that a trader initiates a position and a position goes into a loss. They tend to have a wish syndrome that says, well, uh, you know, it's going to come back or, you know, if it goes lower, I'll, I'll, I'll buy more lower. And, uh, you know, I remember a, a broker once telling me, you know, if it's a bad trade at X dollars and it goes lower, buying more at Y doesn't make it a better trade. If you have a dog, you have a dog. And what I've been, uh, what I tell investors is if you go in with the discipline that you almost like you would at a casino where you go in and you say, look, I've got $300 in my pocket. And if I lose that $300, I'm not going to go into my credit card. In essence, what you've created for yourself is a stop loss at the casino. And that's the way you should look at investments. Now, if you have a balanced portfolio, you have to ride the waves uh, and, and, not get, uh, and not get too excited. But if you're in a trade that's a bad trade, you have to be willing to take that loss and not try to justify the trade as something that's going to turn around. If you develop that discipline, you tend to minimize your losses. And the other thing investors don't do is when they have a profit is they don't ride their profit. So what you need to do if you have something that's working for you and you're a little nervous, put a stop loss in. And then as, as the investment continues to increase in value, just raise your stop loss. But that way you get to ride your benefit. But on the other hand, if you're wrong, you cut your loss. I think that's the most important lesson that I've certainly uh, tried to teach my children and uh, you know any investor that's asked me the question. The other thing is educate yourself. And you know if you're a novice in the precious metals market, what I find very uh, unique to Kitco, and again, I'm not, again, one of these guys. I've been in the business way too long to be blowing the horn of the company that I work for. But what I find unique to Kitco is the website, which is kitco.com. And it's basically run by our media division. And it, it, it publishes daily numerous articles, uh, up to 20, 30 articles a day from a variety of seasoned analysts and, and uh, people that are in the market, not only in the metals markets, but in the financial markets. And investors can read these uh these reports, and they're not always bullish. Some of these uh, analysts think the market is going lower in precious metals. Some think it's going higher, but they give insights as to why the markets are moving so that investors can educate themselves before they just make a decision. And don't get caught up in the hype where you go to a conference and some guy up on stage 
uh, is ranting and raving that the world is coming to an end and gold is going to $20,000 an ounce could go to $20,000 an ounce, but that's his opinion. Try to get a balanced view of what everybody in the market is thinking and then make the decision on your own. I think that's the best way to make your, uh, uh, your, um, your investment decisions as opposed to uh, just leaning on one person because uh, that person might not be right. And then, you know, people that bought gold at $1,900 are not very happy right now. Now, Peter, a core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations, we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Work hard without the expectation of, of a reward. Be honest and listen to people that are smarter than you. And don't assume that you know something you don't would be my three things. Very, very true. Thank you so much for sharing that. Peter, where can my listeners learn more about you, uh, get informed of all of the projects that you're involved with, and find out more about Kitco? Well, on Kitco, Kitco.com is, is our primary website. You, they can get all the information they need on the precious metals markets. If they're looking for product as well, we, we have an online store or they can call into our trading desk uh, and they can ask questions or they can um, uh, transact directly online. Uh, as far as myself, they could reach me at phug, H-U-G, at Kitco.com. Uh, if they have any questions, I can't promise I'll get back on the, uh, the same day, uh, but I will get back and, and respond to any questions that uh, that investors have. Um, and uh, I write a uh, blog generally about two or three times a week. It is intended strictly for traders, not investors, uh, where I outline uh, support resistance lines and some of my views on the market, which they're uh, which they certainly can uh, can read every. Uh, one to two to three times a week. Uh, and we also publish a show uh, called For Pete's Sake. Uh, it publishes about every two weeks where I give a bit more of an in-depth uh, look at where I think the markets are and where they're headed. And uh, that usually lasts about 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just something people can listen to if they're interested. But again, there are an, a variety of analysts uh, that participate on Kiko.com uh, that give their insights and uh, that's where I would start just to start listening to some of these professionals that have been in the market and, and then getting a feel of, of, of where you feel you best fit uh, in those groups. And from a perspective of uh, wanting to be in the precious metals markets, what products make sense for you? And if they're physical products, we can certainly help you with it. And if you're looking for ETFs or mutual funds, then that is something your broker or financial advisor certainly can help you with. Great. Peter, well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. This has been a pleasure connecting. And thank you so much for coming on my show and uh, just sharing your knowledge and your, uh, providing so much value for my listeners. You're welcome. Thank you, MC. I appreciate being here. Thank you for joining me again on the Cashflow Ninja, and thank you for all of your support. You rock. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes, and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to the Cashflow Ninja Gosh Good newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at CashflowNinja.com or text Cashflow Ninja to 44. Two, two, two. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, 
but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you now can also participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments, Penumbra Solutions, at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Blockchain technologies and cryptocurrencies will not only disrupt money, but every industry on the planet. These new innovations and technologies will affect every area of our lives in the future. The cryptocurrency course teaches you everything you need to know about getting started and profiting with cryptocurrencies and also includes expert training from the top crypto experts in the world. You will learn about how to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrencies, how to safely store your crypto, how to become a sound investor, even if you're just a beginner, and how to apply blockchain technology to your business. You can watch a free crypto masterclass and grab the crypto course at cashflowninja.com forward slash crypto course. The wealthiest investors on the planet know how to capture their wealth and leverage it to perpetually grow it. If you're interested in learning the premier strategies of the wealthiest individuals and families on the planet, you can access your free webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. That's our show for today, everyone. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.